At some fundamental level, we just don't want all technology solutions, not bots in every single space that we live in. We want those bots kind of to help us get to the human that we need to get. We want humans, when they're there, to be aided by AI with solutions in real time at their fingertips that makes them better. Welcome back to the CX Pulse podcast. I'm your host, Amelia Rose Earhart. On today's show, we're joined by Joseph Michelli, CEO at the Michelli Experience. Now, Joseph is also a New York Times number one bestselling author and certified customer experience professional. And what I was most drawn to when researching Joseph online, getting ready for our interview, was the fact that he focuses on creating a joyful and productive workplace with a focus on CX. So, Joseph, welcome to the show. As we kick things off, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Michelli experience and why this is your passion? Well, thank you for having me, Amelia. And more importantly, thanks for really promoting the cause of CX with thought leadership. You know, I uh, was been around for a long time, Amelia. It's embarrassing to say, but long before we called this customer experience, we're talking about service and I mean, I go back to days when we were developing service scripts in hospitals so that we had such consistency of what we said and did in almost a service template. We forced those on staff. We didn't have any kind of a bi-directional conversation about what was workable. And, And so kind of going through the growing pains of all of that, I've kind of moved into a world where we better understand how important it is for the entire ecosystem to be heard and to really respond to that. So I think that's the journey for me. In terms of just a quick background, I have a PhD in clinical psychology with a focus on organizational systems. So how do we make organizations change and grow? So I certainly worked in healthcare for a while as an organizational specialist, and then kind of burst out of that from some work I did with the Pike Place Fish Market and then onto Starbucks and some others. You've got quite a list of titles that you've published, but your latest book is called Stronger Through Adversity. And here you build a business guide with best leadership practices that you say can be used by any company in any industry. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what that's been like focusing on the post-pandemic world and how organizations can really take advantage of the changes that are out there? So I was so blessed. I was writing a book about Godiva chocolate at the very beginning of the pandemic. And I'd worked with Godiva as a consultant for a number of years and very excited to tell what will be their 95th anniversary story. But that all got shut down in the pandemic like everything else did. We weren't going to get to the factories. The high street stores were closed. So it really meant a pivot point for me. And I reached out to my clients to try to understand how were they trying to respond. I was on task force for many of my clients trying to figure out how we can keep customers and employees through this time and keep them all safe. So from that, those clients start telling me how they were leading through the pandemic and what they were trying to do to be effective and come out the other side stronger than they came in. And the good fortune of that is the more I talked to those folks, they introduced me to other leaders. And by the time it was all over, we had 140 leaders from global companies. These were legitimately global companies. It's a CEO of Verizon, Hans Vestberg, or the CEO of Target, Brian Cordell, and literally presidents and CEOs of Google and Microsoft and the like. We also reached into the nonprofit community to look at nonprofit leadership. So how were leaders of the American Red Cross trying to deal with this pandemic or, you know, any number of other social organizations? The only things we didn't touch on were 
political leaders. We weren't really particularly interested in trying to look at how political leaders were navigating this because there's a lot of self-interest issues there. So ultimately, we got all these voices that gave incredible insights and lots of insights about customer intimacy, how to stay connected to customers, how to use your word pulse survey, some of the customer inputs and the employee inputs so we could know how to navigate in a very murky set of conditions. And lo and behold, the book comes out, it gives all those leadership tips and their application goes on beyond the pandemic. It goes to all the uncertainties of supply chain and inflation and all the other factors that we constantly have to consider to create relevant, engaging customer experiences. Do you think that with the pandemic and folks, customers specifically having more time to think about their customer experience with these organizations, it really made companies sort of step up in terms of what they were providing? Uh, so many ways it had to set up. First off, it expedited technological advances because that was the only interface by which we could maintain a relationship with our customers. We couldn't do the brick and mortar anymore. So you saw digital roadmaps expedited, something that organizations planned in a roadmap to transform over a course of multiple years was happening in multiple weeks. So that was definitely the case. But I think also consumers were back home starting to think about what really matters to me. I mean, does it matter where I live? Does this job matter to me? There's kind of a purposeful reset that was going on among consumers. And does this brand matter to me? And I think brands had to step up, to use your term, to the thoughtful uh, considerations that consumers were having, as opposed to just habitual considerations. You know, I, I kept Netflix forever because I kept Netflix forever, right? But now I'm home and I'm deciding, do I really want to watch Tiger King? And then that makes a decision point for whether or not I consciously engage with the brand. So it sounds like, Joseph, there was a lot of self-reflection from both the company side of things and the customer side, right? We both had time to think about what really matters. So in your book, you talk about what it truly means to have an outstanding customer experience. Tell us a little bit more about that and what role AI plays in determining these factors. Well, I think the experiences that matter most are ones that we're going to tell people about. I mean, ultimately, I, I think Jeff Bezos once said that, you know, brands are nothing more than what people say about you when you're not around. And I think when it comes to customer experiences, it's not only what they say about you in social media, it's what they say about you in customer surveys. It's just, in general, every utterance and thought they have about your brand that relates to the likelihood they're going to buy again or they're going to tell somebody constructively. So those experiences are critically important. I think AI has so many applications to this field. It is the holy grail of being able to leverage what we know about people in a way that is manageable and accessible. And I think, for me, I help clients try to figure out ways to get AI in to mine the data of the customer so that we can cut through a lot of the clutter and really get to the heart of what it is that a customer wants. And then also from a solutions perspective, how do we use what customers are coming to us about and being able to create solutions, the learning solutions about how to evolve for those customers in real time. So it's both on the, how do we listen in ways that give us insights, but then how do we take what we know and create better and better solutions. Right, because that confidence, when you know that you're accessing your data and then using it the correct way can probably add to the strategy overall, right? Absolutely, and it empowers the human side of the interaction. So I think the modern day experience of customers is both human-powered and technology-aided. So at some fundamental level, we just don't want all technology solutions, not bots in every single space that we live in. We want 
those bots kind of to help us get to the human that we need to get. We want humans when they're there to be aided by AI with solutions in real time at their fingertips that makes them better. So I think it's this joinder of the intelligence we drive from technologies with the human capacity to deliver a experience that shows caring, compassion, shows a willingness and a humanness to solve problems. That combination is just crazy powerful. So for the companies that are ready to get this plan in action, what would you say they need in order to identify their optimal execution path? I think many companies are daunted by this. I mean, I have clients who say, well, you know, we're going to get around to AI later. We're just trying to keep up with things as they are. And I think the first thing I would tell them is this is not a later proposition. This is something you have to say, okay, we want to go in and explore what does AI give us? What does this investment look like? What's the return we're likely to get on this investment? What do we need to do to effectively implement the strategies and solutions? Once you get into that and people figure out how to get your data sets and put some parameters around it, get the algorithm starting to work and learn, this thing takes off meteorically. It is stratospheric in what it can do for organizations. So I think the biggest barrier is this self-talk that says we're not ready. You better be ready. You know, you should have been ready. If you're not ready, you're now ready because you got you to gotta play. Yeah, it sounds like the time to start with yesterday. And so the next best time is right now. <laughs> yeah, and once you do start, you make up for yesterday pretty quickly. Good. That's good to hear. So the Michelli experience is about sharing your business practices focused on customer experience in ways that develop what you call joyful and productive workplaces. We love this. So how do you do that? How do you teach to deliver memorable and profitable customer experiences? And can you give us a couple of examples of that? Yeah, I'm fundamentally a believer that most human beings, not everyone, but most human beings come to work every day to make the world a better place. I mean, we want to have a purposeful impact on the world around us. We don't want to look back at the end of our life and say, you know, I got a lot of paychecks and I, you know, I helped companies make a lot of money. We really want to have human impact. So fundamentally, one of the first things that I think organizations have to do is not only define their own values, their own mission, their own purpose, but they have to help their people see how their human individual purposes align with the corporate purpose. It's not just about me selling you on what my mission is. My question is, what do you want to do with your life? How do you want to have an impact? And oh, by the way, thanks for joining us because here's how we want to make an impact. Does that line up for you? So I think that constant commitment to helping employees see line of sight from their personal life purpose to the organization's purpose. And really, I work with leaders all the time trying to help them look at the legacy they want to leave. And it's really a big part of the way we approach things. We've done it with Mercedes Benz. We've done it with many of these brands I write business books about, you know, Starbucks and the like. And the goal is to really say, as human beings, how do we help you look back on your life and create something that lasts beyond you. So I think that's the fundamental starting point. I think the other thing is we have to know as a brand, what do we want people to feel when they interact with us? I want you to feel respected. I want you to feel like I took some time and I personally invested in this interview, that I'm not mailing it in. I really want this to be authentically one where you leave going, hey, that's somebody who actually cared about the time we spent together. And I think every brand needs to know what they want people to feel. Because if they don't know that in advance, they can't make it happen. We can do all of the behaviors on the checklist, but that doesn't necessarily create an experience, one where people are emotionally moved to want to buy more and or to tell their friends. 
Right. And showing up that way and delivering in that way does take intention. And I can feel it from you. And I know that it's here within your book as well. So why don't you talk to us about the pre-pandemic world and post-pandemic world and the ways that companies and consumers focus on customer experience has changed? We have to remember that a lot of things have stayed the same too, right? And I think it's not everything is different. There are some fundamentals. People still want to connect with other people. They want to be able to tell stories based on their experience. There's a lot of things that are similar. Things are really different is obviously we rely on technology a lot more to deliver the experience. Self-service is far more important than it ever used to be. Convenience is far more important than it used to be. We have created safety around these convenience factors. So to some degree, I think we're still all aware that there may be some unsafe moments in commerce. And we probably have that in the back of our mind, maybe not in the forefront of our mind, but we want safe. We want experiences that don't require me to do anything more than self-serve. I think those are very, very real. The commitment to your community and really being a local value-based partner, that has even increased more than it was pre-pandemic. And I guess ultimately all of this has shaken us a bit. And we're starting to think about what matters most and brands better get back to that as well, the way they treat their people and the way they think about their customers. Well, and I'm sure, Joseph, a lot of our listeners are going to be excited to pick up your book, whether it's Stronger Through Adversity or the many others that you've written. The fact that you've worked with such big companies is incredible. So as we wrap up, I want to thank you so much for your time. Why don't you let folks know where they can get a hold of you and maybe pick up the copy of their own? I am shamelessly all over the internet as Joseph Michelli. So if you could spell my name, you can find me. My website's josephmichelli.com. Joseph Michelli is my LinkedIn handle. So that's how you can do it. I always say you can find my books wherever good books are sold. Not necessarily that mine is one, but we're in those places where good books are sold. Oh, it is definitely one. All right. Well, Joseph, thank you so much. This is a wonderful chat. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Amelia. And thanks for what you do. Thank you so much for joining us on the CX Pulse podcast. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. This podcast is brought to you by NICE, the world's leading cloud CX platform. Go to nice.com to learn more about our innovative and comprehensive end-to-end CX solutions. That's nice.com.